When it comes to creativity and being a creative entrepreneur, often we're drawn to it because of the way that we feel when we're creating, which is awesome. And because we want to create awesome stuff. And we see all the awesome stuff that other people create and we want that. And sometimes what happens immediately is that we want everything to be perfect because that's how we see other people's work is we're so inspired by it and we want it to be just as good as somebody else or whatever else is going on. And and I think what my work really is so much about is breathing life into something that often feels lifeless. For some of the most pivotal years of my life, tears were tucked back and hidden behind a masquerade of being tough. Being a warrior, someone who could hustle, work hard, and get things done. But it wasn't until I started to get more in tune with who I really am that things took off in my business. Welcome to I Might Cry, a podcast exploring how heart, mind, body, and spirit are all deeply woven into the way we do business. With guest interviews from experts in business strategy, therapy, emotional intelligence, the human body, and so much more. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marks of Almond Leaf Studios. I've been capturing luxury weddings around the globe for decades and now have the privilege of educating others on how to build and grow profitable business doing what they love. I'm on a journey of self-discovery, of becoming more of the uniquely beautiful, messy, and complex human that I was created to be. And I want to invite you to do the same. Join me on this adventure of uncovering the walls we've built that keep us stuck in patterns of limitation so that we can journey into living life with arms and hearts wide open. Let's venture into this together. Emma, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to have you. I've been following you kind of off and on, like caught little glimpses of your journey over the years for a few years now. Oh my gosh, you're already like making a sweet face and I'm going to totally start crying. <laughs> I'm just so Um, excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like you've been like a kindred spirit that, uh, yeah, it just feels surreal that this conversation is happening and that you've kind of ended up in some of the same circles that I have. I've been like, oh my gosh, I know her. I know that name. So it's been super fun to kind of follow you. And right before we hopped on, you know, you asked me a question of like, how can you best serve my audience, which is so sweet of you to ask that. And I think what I see in you that I feel like is different and unique than a lot of people out there, or maybe even different than people that we've hosted on the podcast is you to me embody somebody that is, first of all, doing the work, because I think what I'm about to say doesn't come without doing the work. But you embody this beautiful version of creativity and femininity in a way that's led with that sacred feminine energy. It's not led with this like hustle culture or like drive, push hard, do better, keep striving. It feels like you have this incredible appreciation and understanding of the reality that creativity flows in and through us. When we are at peace, when we are at rest, when we can be open to what God, the universe has in store for us, and that that doesn't come from a place of burnout or hustle or striving. So with with that as an introduction, thank you for being here. And maybe we can just begin to tell people who you are and really kind of sum up who you are, what you do in a way that feels good to you. Okay. Well, thank you so much for saying that. I received that. It's 
yeah, a <laughs> it's a journey to show up that way because it's mm. so uncomfortably stretchy sometimes, but yeah. I'm happy to be here and I'm so inspired by this podcast and the way that you show up here. And I think it's such a gap in entrepreneurship when we don't talk about this. So I'm so glad that you're doing this podcast and so happy to be here. And when you reached out to me, I was just thrilled to come on. So I am Emma Natter and I am a business coach for creative entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with creativity and business and where they intersect and the adventure of entrepreneurship and the potential that each of us has as creators. I work with all different kinds of creative entrepreneurs and I love to see like see them deeply for what their potential is and kind of hold space for them to become the creator that they are. I guess, and kind of birth the things that are inside of them. Yeah. I see in you too, this awakening is the word that's coming to mind, but this ability to maybe awaken in others, some of that creativity, like what I see you doing, at least from the external world is like bringing into practice this like method. I mean, there, there has to be systems. There has to be a method. There has to be a little bit of like brains and strategy behind business to be really successful typically. But Mm -hmm. instead of like focusing on like, okay, well, this is the formula B equals C you have really, it feels like mastered the uniqueness of what it means to be a creative entrepreneur and really celebrating the uniqueness within each person. And so I see that coming through in the way that you talk about things in the programs that you offer in the people that you're interviewing you're talking about the programs and the success that they've had. I've just witnessed that it feels like you are so good at celebrating the uniqueness of everybody. Does that feel like something that you see in people? (laughs) I feel so seen right now. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) like what a gift that you have to be able to see what your guests are all about. I Mm. feel like it's been so many years of, I think this is a frustration with a lot of creative entrepreneurs where the things that really matter most are a lot of really intangible stuff. And so often when you try to articulate it to somebody who's helping you in your business, they're like, okay, so you sell a course. Okay. So you you help people grow their business. And it's like, I, I guess so. Like, yeah, yeah it is true. I do do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so I just feel so seen, but I think one of the things that really is standing out to me as you're talking about this is when it comes to creativity and being a creative entrepreneur, often we're drawn to it because of the way that we feel when we're creating, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And because we want to create awesome stuff and we see all the awesome stuff that other people create and we want that. And sometimes what happens immediately is that we want everything to be perfect because that's how we see other people's work is we're so inspired by it and we want it to be just as good as somebody else or whatever else is going on. And, and I think what my work really is so much about is breathing life into something that often feels lifeless. So often strategies and tactics for business are really awesome, but they can feel really lifeless really easily. But what I've been kind of learning over the last, well, for years now, but especially over the last several months, it's like, okay, but for something to be alive, it is imperfect. 
because mm-hmm. it is vulnerable. Because if something is alive, it is vulnerable. It can die. Mm-hmm. And so showing up imperfectly is something that allows our work to be alive, mm-hmm. to be in process, that it's not something that has totally been completed or that we have the final draft. And even people who do final drafts, you hear writers. I had a friend who would do readings of her books and she'd constantly be changing up the dialogue even after it was published. And so just, (laughs) (laughs) it's this false idea that there's this certain thing to reach and instead celebrating what the process can be and getting out of the way so that it can can come forth. I feel like this is all a lot of like really intangible talk, but anyway, it's on my mind in terms of what you talk about with being vulnerable and imperfect. And I'm like, I just don't think that there's a way to have the kind of sort of like living business that we want Mm -hmm. unless we're showing up imperfectly Mm. and it's terrifying and it's awesome and it's beautiful. And yeah, yeah, you just hit the nail on the head for me. I mean, that's, I mean, literally like mantras that I've been like repeating to myself is like just learning to, yeah, to appreciate the journey and the path instead of looking towards the end of whatever it is, you know, whether that's a new launch, a new course, if it's a mastermind, if it's a new friendship, a connection, if whatever it might be, or a new email newsletter or a new strategy with whatever, you know, like whatever it is that I'm embarking on, I am that person too. And I think back to, I was actually an art major in college. And I think back to like painting, you know, or, or bringing in, I used to do a lot of encaustic work or like mixed media things. And sometimes I feel like I would enter into a certain art project with a goal in mind. Like I kind of had this vision and I was like on the mission to create that thing the thing that I was like seeing in my mind. And almost 100% of the time, it would not work out beautifully. (laughs) It would never end up being an amazing piece. I usually just end up feeling really frustrated. The pieces of art that felt incredibly beautiful and sacred to me were always the pieces where maybe I did begin with an expectation of mine, but I pivoted and I pivoted. It evolved. It changed. I spilled my coffee on it, or I dropped some other paint on it, or like quote unquote mistakes were happening all throughout it or failures or whatever you want to name it happened throughout it. And then I just would kind of look at it. I would grieve that and be like, man, that sucks. I did not want that paint right there. I really Mm. had another direction in mind for this thing, but okay, grieve that. (sighs) Okay. And now let's move on. How can we work with this and continue the process? And those Mm. were the paintings. Those were the creations that ended up being my favorite. I mean, they felt so inspired. They felt unique. They felt otherworldly sometimes, you know, where I would look at it and be like, I made that? Like, what? (laughs) Like, this is crazy. And then, you know, that kind of validation came also for externally with art shows and stuff. It was always those pieces that people really were drawn to or people had questions about or, wow, this one's really speaking to my soul. And it's just interesting to me to think about that. Like, I think really there's a opportunity or an invitation for all of us in your words of how can we learn to be more present and being okay and being peaceful, being comfortable, being joyful, you know, allowing things to be fun and pleasurable, even in the midst of the journey, even in the, oh no, there's spilled paint, even in, oh crap, I spilled my coffee or whatever those moments, you know, might be in our lives or in what we're working on in our businesses. 
Yes. I love that so much and hearing about the the painting mishaps and stuff and how easy it can be to be like, oh no, all is lost. Yeah. <laughs> as if art is like a pass fail experience, as if yeah. creation is pass fail. And it's like, all you have to do is look to nature mm. and see what happens when something unexpected comes. And it always ends up being something more beautiful. My mindset coach that I had, Stephanie Booth, I remember talking to her. She really helped me kind of find more joy in the process. She talked about how it's so important, the state that we create things in. Hmm. So I have a friend, she's a really talented writer, but every time she's writing, she is worried the whole time and feeling like, oh, this is going to turn out. I don't know. Nobody's going to like this. Uh, I don't really want to show this to anybody. And then she makes something and everybody else thinks it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Everybody else loves it. But when she sees it, she only sees the mistakes. And I used to think that was just because that she must have more to learn in terms of her skill level or whatever. But I don't believe that anymore. I have noticed in my own work that when there's something that I created from a lot of tension and I'm really worried or there's like some self-hate going on, that's all I feel whenever I look at it. Mm. One of the things Stephanie told me too was when I told her some creative project I wanted to do, she was like, if you love yourself, this will just fall out. It'll just fall out if you love yourself. And so I was like, wow, that's all I have to do to write a book. I just have to like love myself through it. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, this is great. Um, <laughs> I haven't <laughs> written the book yet, but I did write some essays. And I, I remember just being like, wow, this feels so different instead of straining to, you know, have the voice that people will resonate with or trying to do whatever writing strategies or whatever. I just sat there and closed my eyes and just let whatever come out, come out Mm -hmm. and just fall out and just tell the truth and not worry. Is my voice interesting enough? It's like, well, that's what's in there. So if people find it interesting, they'll find it interesting. But all I'm trying to do right now is tell the truth of what's Mm -hmm. going on inside. And it was a really great experience. It turned into an essay. And whenever I think about that essay, I'm just like, I stand by that. I stand Mm -hmm. by that essay. It was a good one. And maybe it wasn't like the most perfect essay that would be like award-winning or something. And I'm sure like I could go back and revise it and make something else from it. But it's like the bones of that, the soul of that, that was good because I know the state that I created that in was from such a place of love and just telling the truth and just kind of allowing to come out what wanted to come out. I love that. I feel like that's so magnetic too. You know, like if you're creating from a place of just that true authenticity, that's what people are drawn to because we all long for that human connection. And I think that is something that you do so, so beautifully. One question I would have for you is just the way that you're saying that you can kind of allow things to flow out of you. I feel like there's a lot of talk in the culture of I was even listening to a training this morning that was talking about and kind of reminding me of trainings that I've done in the past about you can't create 
out of what you think that your people need, you've got to create what they need, what they're articulating to you. And so the point of the the training was really like, you need to have the conversations, find out where they're at. So there's like some real like incredible gold in that conversation, I feel like, of like, how do you find out what your people, your audience are really wanting to be able to create for that? And I would say the same for somebody that's a photographer or a painter or whatever, like, but what I think would be a really interesting conversation, I want to pose this question to you is how do you approach that? Like, how does that resonate with you as somebody that is is not just creating on your own, but also working with creatives where that kind of like, I would call it even like divinely inspired work when there's just something that's flowing to you. It comes out of, you know, you, you feel connected, you feel there's self-love happening. You just feel like good and aligned and peaceful. And then these things just kind of flow out of you beautifully. You're not creating with that person in mind like an Mm -hmm. audience member in mind in that moment. And so that's something that I kind of struggle with sometimes where I'm like, I hear you. I see that. That's amazing with that training that I was listening to. Like, I do think there's validity in that. I do think there's wisdom in that. And also (laughs) as a creative, like, ah, sometimes you just need to like get out what's inside of you and create to create. What's your take on all of that? Where do those things marry together? Do they marry together or do they just kind of exist separately? Oh my gosh, I love this question so much. And I've been having so many conversations about this. <laughs> Perfect. And where, <laughs> and where I've kind of landed is, well, I don't want to pretend like I've landed in one place. I have like 80 different thoughts about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I used to get really mad about this because as soon as I start listening to what somebody else needs, just different things about how I've grown up, my own childhood trauma and stuff is that I've often like abandoned my own needs and Mm. to try to help somebody else. So it's a really dangerous place for me to be. And I think a lot of women. And so like, as soon as I start doing that, it's really easy for me to start questioning everything Mm. about what I'm putting out there, whether it's good enough. I have a certain funnel that I have literally rewritten five times, including like an entire webinar of a long form sales page. Um, one too. <laughs> yeah. Like a 15 email sequence. Like this is like this big projects yeah. over and over and over and over and over again, because I'm trying to figure out because I'm listening to what the sales experts are saying. They're like, you need to listen to people. And so then it's like, oh, I wasn't listening to them then. So like, I need to do this. And like, looking back, I'm like, the truth is, is that the funnel converted every time, no matter how many times I changed it, it was still converting. I was still speaking to the people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, I think one, it's really important for me to, to lay off and trust that like, I might not sound like some of those sales experts, but I mm-hmm. am speaking to my people mm-hmm. and they are hearing me. Now that doesn't mean that I'm always doing it perfectly. There's definitely plenty of times where I'm not hitting the nail on the head. And so I think allowing for imperfection is okay and necessary because I think when you put something out there and you're inviting people to come and see it, you don't know what's going to happen yet. Yeah. And there might be a a little bit of a want, want moment where it's like, ah, it's not connecting. And I think a lot of times, In business, people will say like, well, you didn't do your homework enough yet. And it's like, okay, well, your homework was like to create what needed to be created. Mm -hmm. And whether or not somebody knows how exactly it's going to solve their problem doesn't take away from the fact that this is like this beautiful ball of light kind of creation. We don't need to slice it up for it to be valuable. But 
what I've come to from there is once you are offering what you have to people, you just kind of like bump up against them and like see what they say. I'm not interested in asking for what people want before I do it. I want to create the thing. And then I'm like, I did something that I think is going to be really good. Mm -hmm. Like, do you want to try it? (laughs) And then they try it. And then I get the feedback. And then what it feels like to me is not so much like, okay, I got to respond to them because they said this. And now I can write that on my copywriting sheet that I got for my copywriting course, where I'm supposed to listen to everything that they say and repeat what they say. I don't think that that's like a leadership move. I think that that's parroting what they're saying and it's not going to create what they want. Anyway, I see it as like a co-collaborative process. As Mm -hmm. soon as they are engaging with my work, they are a co-collaborator, whether they know they signed up for this or not. (laughs) So (laughs) when they come to me and they tell me any kind of feedback what their experience was like, what they want more of. I'm like, okay, my job isn't to respond to everything that they say and to like feel like I need to fix everything. My job is to listen and to wait. And then when it feels like it's time to create again, mm-hmm. often those things just become like woven in and it mm-hmm. just becomes this beautiful co-collaborative like thing. Yeah, tucked them into your brain. So you carry them with you as you create. Yes. Time, even subconsciously. Yes, exactly. So it's never a good idea for me to, if I have a client who they're like, I like, this is really bothering me or, you know, something I'm just like, okay, this is really helpful to know the truth of what's going on on your end. And now like, I'm going to wait a couple of days and that could be a little scary because I'm like, oh no, (laughs) you know, some of my fears are like, they're going to abandon me immediately unless I fix this in five minutes. And the truth is that it's like, if they're on board, they like being in an imperfect place because it gives them permission to be imperfect too. And as long as they feel like they're heard and feel like their needs are being met and feel like they're being supported, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to hold space for them. And then usually within a couple of days, I've gotten clarity for like, okay, I see that this was their suggestion. But I actually don't want to do it like that. It feels more in flow for me to do it this way. And that's so important for me. I'm interrupting this episode briefly to invite you to have a little fun with our quiz. We love a good rye whiskey Manhattan around here, and we couldn't think of a better way to integrate our love for food and cocktails into our business than to develop a quiz that will help you discover what your business is craving. What is it hungry for? We've got seven short questions to help you uncover areas of your business that maybe need a little love or a little growth. To tap through and find out your results, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash quiz. Now back to the show. I'm imagining like what that journey has been like for you, that it probably hasn't just <laughs> been this linear like uphill because, <laughs> um, because I know my journey and I know the you know journey of many people that I'm friends with or have coached, what that looks like. I don't know if I think that there's like a right or wrong way with it, but I do think there is some wisdom in what some people have taught me. I also think that I probably stand on a similar ground as you with this moving forward now where I'm just in a place of like, 
you mentioned flow. You know, you've got to be in this place of like ease and flow. Otherwise, what's the point of living this life? <laughs> like it should be mm-hmm. coming from a place of authenticity, a place of like, this just needs to flow out of me. It's so easy to create. It just feels inspired. Some of the education that I've done or the trainings that I've been in have talked a ton about like, you need to have that established ahead of time and kind of move into that. And the beauty in that, the thinking behind that is that then you haven't done all the creation all that hard work hasn't happened without the validation and the monetary mm-hmm. validation. You haven't like pre-sold something. It could be likened to like a commissioned artist, you know, like you haven't mm-hmm. been commissioned for this. You haven't been paid for this, this artwork yet. You're just creating. And so to me, I'm like, there's a lot of conversation that we could have about all of that, you know, <laughs> like, well, you can't really like commission, be commissioned until you have this art over here. But, you know, so we could get into all of that. But yeah, it's just really interesting yeah. to me. So tell us a little bit more if you feel comfortable sharing, like, what has your journey been like? And has it been just in a linear, like onward and upward? I already probably know the answer to this, but <laughs> tell us what, you, what that's been like for you to just create and then kind of let it become a co-collaboration on the back end after you've begun to create. Yeah. 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 It's definitely been a journey. And the way that people teach that you're talking about, like it makes so much sense. And Mm -hmm. I have clients who do that. And that is so fun for them to be in co-collaboration from the beginning. So for me, I definitely don't think like, this is the way that you have to do it. And you always have to like (laughs) ignore what people say for a while. But for some reason, like that's the way that I'm built. And especially because I'm a manifester in human design. I don't know if you're into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a manifester and we always have to start everything because nobody gets it until Mm -hmm. we show them. Mm -hmm. And so if you try to explain it, pretty much everybody always says no. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I've ever come with an idea to somebody, even like ideal, ideal clients, But most of the time, anytime I share an idea before I've created it, nobody gets it. And it's very frustrating. It can feel very, very lonely. So if there's any manifestors out there, I feel you. But the cool thing is that once you can show them, then people are like, oh my gosh, nobody's doing this. Like, why isn't anybody doing this? And it's like, yeah, that's why I did it. (laughs) but you didn't get it until now (laughs) you had to see it to believe (laughs) yeah yeah blessed are they who believe but haven't seen but yeah I've had a lot of triggers around being really afraid of what people think about me Hmm. I would say maybe a year ago I remember talking to my coach and and just being like I feel like so triggered to ask people for testimonials. I'm 95% sure that they hate me and that they regret (laughs) that they bought anything from me. And when I actually, like I had an evergreen funnel up and I was like, when I see a sale come through, I don't think, yay, I just made a thousand dollars. I think, oh my gosh, they're just like weeks away from hating me, which like, I didn't have like, you know, like people liked the program, you know, (laughs) and like very few refunds asked Mm -hmm. for. Mm-hmm. So there's no data to support any of that. And yet I'm carrying that around with me all the time. Mm. This last year, I created a coaching community that was like a subscription basis. So it's been a big learning opportunity for me to show up knowing they can cancel when they want to, but mm-hmm. also knowing if they haven't canceled, that means things are going okay. 
Yeah. And knowing like I'm showing up the best that I can. They're unhappy about anything. That's their job to come and talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. It's not my job to go emotionally caretake for everybody, which is mm-hmm. just big learning experience for me. But I think one of the best things is just like hearing the actual truth from people. One of my friends, she's a photographer, Sarah Weir. She told me that she gets on the phone to get feedback from her clients after she's finished working with them, coaching clients that she's had. And I'm like, that sounds terrifying. Like why in the world would you do that? (laughs) And she told me yourself. (laughs) Exactly. And she was like, yeah, I asked them, would you do this again? Like, what was the best thing about it? What would make it better? And I was like, okay, that sounds terrifying. But then I hosted an in-person event and after it was over, it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. I knew that like things had not gone as well as I'd hoped, but I also knew not all was lost. It's just like, it wasn't a great event, you know? (laughs) And like people were happy to be there and happy to see me and meet me and meet each other, but kind of a lackluster event. And I had done my best and I was just like, this is a rough draft. We'll see what happens. I charged them nothing because it was just like, come because you're part of the coaching program already. And I got on the phone with everybody And I was so scared and it was so much less scary to just hear the truth than to hear what I was afraid that they were thinking. Mm. And so even though it can be really scary to hear what the truth is, it's always like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like, you're totally right. Like I didn't do a very good job planning the food Mm -hmm. and we were in the car for too long and the Airbnb did kind of suck. And it's like, oh, that's it. You don't actually hate me, right? Because that's that's what I'm so afraid of that it's like, they've now lost all trust in me and they hate me. And it's like, no, that that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think that I just have a lot of fear and just hearing what the truth allows me to let go of that weight and to be like, this is actually a co-collaborative process. And because you're telling me this next year, it's going to be way better. It's going to be awesome. I didn't know what the potential of this was. Like, I was kind of like, I don't know. I guess we should do an event because we should meet in person. And I've always wanted to do that. And then hearing like what people thought it was going to be. It's like, oh, that would be way better. We should do that. (laughs) We should do your idea. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's do that next time. So (laughs) it's sort of like, as I'm building my programs, it's just sort of like people's experiences and feedback and thoughts are like, it's now woven into my programs. Mm -hmm. And I love how that feels and like kind of giving permission for people to do that and giving permission for myself to kind of like, my job is to instigate. And then I just kind of wait for people to respond and then we do it again. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So I have a big question for you. Are you ready for this? Yes. Do you believe in failure? Oh, no. (laughs) Go on. Tell us more. But it sucks in the middle. Mm for sure. Like you've been saying, I do believe that we're divine beings. And so everything is just coming together for our own growth and creativity and potential. Mm -hmm. It can be really stretchy. That's how it feels. Uh, It's like, sometimes it's like, what is going on? Like, I feel like I've been crowning for like six months, (laughs) like trying to like birth this creation of mine. You know what I mean? And it's just like, whoo, we need to take care of this body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been through a lot. 
Totally. Yeah. I was using that analogy the other day with somebody in a coaching session where I was like, it's like you've been in labor for like a while and you're like, okay, when is this baby coming out? Like it needs to be done. Like this needs to happen. It needs to be birthed. But that place in the middle, yeah, can get super, super uncomfortable. I love that you keep using stretchy. It's totally something that I'm going to take with me for after this conversation. Because <laughs> to me, I think about like the invitation to expand a lot. We hear mm. people talk about expanders in our lives where to see, to believe what's possible. So when you see that it's possible for somebody else in a certain area, then you can begin to believe that it could be possible for you too. Yes. And so you're kind of expanded in that way. And so you have expanders that come in and, in and out of your life in different ways. Sometimes I think for me, it's like, somebody reaching a financial goal. And I'm like, oh, well, if they could do it, then I could do it. And then I can start to tell yeah, myself a story. Like, I'm jealous right now. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it starts with jealousy. And then when I stop and think about it or process it, it's not actually jealousy. Like it's actually, there's something in me that's triggered because I want something and I'm telling myself that that's not possible for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm mad that it seems possible for them, but not me. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that is like always a mark of like, okay, I'm noticing like that's an invitation to expand in that area because mm-hmm. if they could have it, then why couldn't I? And so a lot of times then what happens is I begin this narrative of, well, they can have it, but I can't because they don't have kids. They don't have the demands of that or because they come from a family with a lot of money. So they have financial Mm -hmm. resources to provide. I mean, there's just so many different ways that we can make up all these stories in our head of why it's possible for somebody and not us. And so that in-between spot, even of that, of like you're expanding, you're being invited to like kind of expand your perspective, expand your knowledge, like grow in a certain area. That's a perfect description to me. It's like, it's stretchy. (laughs) Like you're being stretched, you're being expanded. It's not necessarily a comfortable place to be. And yet the work is so worth it because when you do that stretching, when you do that expanding, oh, it's like waltzing into, I don't know, a beautiful new ballroom, a new outdoor sanctuary. Like it's just, it's this beautiful (laughs) moment of like, wow, I didn't know life could be this good. I didn't know that that was possible for me. But unless you do the stretching or the expanding, you know, same with a baby, like go back to that analogy. If you don't go through the birthing process, you never get to experience the joy of having that baby in your arms. And we don't need to carry that analogy forward because I'm already thinking of like how hard having a baby is. (laughs) So maybe we can stop the analogy there. Yeah, that's fine. But (laughs) yeah, it is really stretchy. And even just a few days ago, last week, I had talked to a friend of mine, Darcy Benincosa, and she was like, have you ever done video testimonials? And I was like, uh, triggers all over the place about all the testimonials, you know? And then I was like, okay, I will try it. But like the day that I like reached out to everybody was like so excruciating. People don't reply within 30 minutes. And then I'm like, they all hate me. And it's like, dude, like, <laughs> like everything is fine. Yeah. But I think what I'm trying to say is, that was a difficult day. Mm. And usually my response to that is I'm feeling so uncomfortable and I'm feeling so stretched that like, I must be doing something wrong. And usually I go to like, I must be failing. Mm -hmm. I must be failing because if I was successful, I wouldn't be feeling like this. Mm -hmm. And I've realized, no, I'm doing a lot of really hard, brave things. Mm -hmm. And that's really stretchy. And so- I need to take care of myself. Like I want wanted my husband to take care of me when I was in labor. Mm-hmm. 
And the way that he did, I make it sound like I wanted him to, but he didn't. No, he's a great, he was a great caretaker for me. <laughs> but like, I'm sitting there like stuffing my face with sugar and I'm like, why am I feeling so bad? And it's like, because we're doing hard things mm-hmm. and like, this is okay. I feel yeah. like we talked a lot about pain. I do feel a lot of joy in creation too. <laughs> I think like I just started therapy a few weeks ago. So I'm kind of like in it with digging through the stuff. So yeah. that's where I am right now. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, yeah. It, seasons are, are a huge part of life too with that. I remember many, many, many years ago, I was single, didn't have kids and did a lot of outdoor activity. So I was backpacking for on a big like backpacking trip with a couple other friends and just like standing on the top of this mountain. It's like one of those like life-changing moments. Like I'll never forget it. Mm. And standing on top of this mountain and just like looking over it. And I had just been through some pretty difficult things in my personal life too. And a lot of grief, a lot of pain that I had been Mm. working through. And I just was like standing on this mountain. The sun is shining on my face. The breeze is blowing like the perfect temperature. We just like throw our backpacks off and just lay out on the side of the mountain and like end up half falling asleep. It was just magical. It was this beautiful moment. And I remember Mm. kind of like soaking it all in and just feeling so good. You know, I don't even know what descriptors I want to use for it. Like it was just Mm -hmm. good. And noticing, looking out and just like noticing the other mountain peaks, you know, that were like way out in the distance and like, wow, I'm on one of those. Like, that's how high up I am. This is crazy. Mm. And then shifting my gaze from that peak down into the valley and down to the bottom. And you could see it all from where we were. You could just see the top all the way down to the bottom. There was like Mm. a little river in the bottom and just realizing, wow, you can't appreciate the top unless you've also been down there. Unless you've done the work of going from here to there, you can't really appreciate it. And that one doesn't exist without the other. As low as the valley is, is as high as the mountain is too. Like you can't shorten the valley and still have just as high of a peak. Like it doesn't work like that. You know, like it's measured from the valley to the peak. And so, yeah, it's just been something that I've carried with me ever since where I'm like, the people that we are drawn to, that you just see them permeating with joy, 100% always have also experienced deep, deep grief and have worked through some serious sadness. And I Mm kind of hate that that's the truth. (laughs) Like, I mean, I think our like human experience is like, let's just be fun and happy all the time. Like, but the reality is that you can't have one without the other. And so, I don't know, I just want to say like friend to friend, like I hear you and I see you in that place (laughs) as you're working through things because there's more joy. I feel that like in my bones, like there's more joy to be had and there's more joy that's coming for you because you're diving in deep on that too. And also the mm-hmm. nudge for me to to get back to therapy on my own too. So noted. <laughs> I'll be I'll be doing that. <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> no, that that is so beautiful. It's like I can feel my mind being like, but no, but no, maybe I can be an exception to that. And it's like yeah. no, literally, this is how. I don't know the right science that this would be. This is how it works. This is science. Right. This is math. <laughs> You don't. You posted something recently. I'm pulling up your Instagram account here because I want to read it accurately. You said, the more we learn, the more resources our creativity has to draw from us as we build our businesses. No investment is wasted. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that post. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> How big is that for you? <laughs> I had a lot of resentment for a long time. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure you could see that. I didn't actually know. I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of things. Yeah, I'm really into human design lately. And for a manifester, anger is like the not self theme. So I've been really mad a lot this last year, hmm. which is an emotion that has always felt like I'm not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, really mad that certain things hadn't worked for me in my business, that certain investments hadn't paid off the way that they promised. And a lot of it is like that people hadn't come in to save me mm-hmm. the way that I felt like they could with the way that I was sold to. Yeah. And I think that that comes back to, I think that's what we're in danger of when we're selling just by like repeating back to people what they say. I think there's a big difference between hearing and having space and feeling empathy for what they're experiencing right now. And just being like, oh, that's your pain point. Like I saw that too. So I think there was a lot. Don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I Okay, cool. So we're on the same page. (laughs) There were certain like core values that I was not aligned with. And it was just like, oh, well, I want this kind of success. And they're promising me that I can have that kind of success if I just buy this. So I'm just going to buy it. I had a mentor who was like, you know, I had this huge $90,000 launch the first time I put my program out. And I was like, what do I do with all this money? What do I do now? I want to do something with the money and make more money. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, just invest in Facebook ads. And then it's like, I'm investing in Facebook ads. I don't know what I'm doing. I spent Mm like $25,000 in -hmm. Facebook ads in a year. And like, I did make money back, but it was like, everything just fell off. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel good. I was just shutting things down all the time, left and right. I'd hire somebody and then I wouldn't use their stuff. I was like, such an annoying client. I got on the phone. (laughs) We're both in that program with Jenny. And like, I had thought about hiring her. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I've had this many ads managers and like none of them got it. And she was like, well, you know, it's kind of a red flag to me when you've had this many ads managers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) totally major red flag. Like I'm a terrible client. Um, (laughs) I love that. She just like straight up called it out. She's like, um, yeah, I don't know about this. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't see it, but it's also like, I didn't do the work like I talked about at the beginning, like I'd explain what I was all about and their response would just be like, oh, so you're a business coach. And I'd be like, yeah, I guess so. Do what you need to do to make me the money. Mm -hmm. But it's like, that should have been a red flag to me where it's like, oh, we're not the right fit if you don't get it. And that's fine. Anyway, lots of learning lessons. And that's something that I love about what Jenny says too, with spending money on Facebook ads is like, you're buying data. So sometimes mm-hmm. people will get really frustrated because you spend money and you you might not get your return on investment right away, mm-hmm. but you're getting data, you're learning a lot. And I also think going back to the Instagram post after this long circle is that I, I feel like there's been so many, so many times where that's happened for me. I remember at the beginning of my business, I invested in B-School, nothing happened. And I was really annoyed about it and really frustrated. But the truth was that there were so many breakthrough moments where I was like, oh my gosh, I now understand this area of business in a way that I never did before. Mm -hmm. But I just couldn't like unlock some of those doors to actually make it happen. 
So then when I hired my first coach, Darcy Ben and Koseb, she was explaining things to me (laughs) and being like, here's what I think we need to do next. 90% of the work had already been done because I'd already done it in B school. And even though I hadn't seen the results yet, as soon as Darcy was helping me see like, this is how this applies to you. Or what do you think about this? I think you could apply this thing in this way. It's like, I was already ahead of the game. I just like, didn't know how to open that door. Yeah. And so people are like, how did you get such quick results with Darcy? Because it's like, all of a sudden, like it was just within a few months and like things blew up for me. And it's like, well, yeah, it's because I spent a year before that, like nothing happened, but I was understanding everything. And I was really loving learning about everything. I just couldn't figure out how to apply it. And I feel like that happens so often where I learn all kinds of things. And then it sometimes takes some time for something to click and like, that's okay. Yeah. The analogy that just came to me was like building a house, you know, like that year was like building the foundation, maybe even building the walls, building the structure. And then when you have that coaching experience, it's like, oh, now we're like installing the fixtures and painting and making it pretty. And all of a sudden there's a roof on it and it's a house. Like it's a legitimate house (laughs) that people didn't see or appreciate or weren't around to witness the whole infrastructure being built. Like all that groundwork, all of the excavating of the space, the building, the foundation, like all of that that's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. We've gotten to points in certain areas of our business where we've had real hard conversations of like, should we just give this all up? Like, should we just go back to, you know, just keep serving the clients that we love with weddings that we do. That's working. We love it. But should we just give up this other thing or this other area or this other course or this other funnel? Or I think what's interesting to me is that when I really truly ask myself those questions, the thing that I have to come back to is like, no, like I love this. It lights me up. And Mm so I just want to say to, you know, and just kind of piggyback on what you're saying to anybody that's listening, that maybe feels in that kind of in-between moment where you just want to throw in the towel. You just want to be done. The foundation has maybe been being built for a while. You feel tons of frustration. You feel like there's a missing puzzle piece or a door that couldn't be opened or whatever is feeling true to you hang in there. (laughs) If it feels aligned to you, like if you feel like this is really a path you're meant to pursue, it's not always just a quick win. You know, that when you see that quick win, a lot of times there is a lot of groundwork that's happened prior to that. Would Mm -hmm. you agree with that? Absolutely. Maybe just quit for like a couple of days. Like you probably are just like burnt out and need to rest. Just like rest. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I'm still deep, deep beliefs that I'm still retraining in my subconscious about that where, Mm. yeah, just this drive to keep working hard. And really, I think for me, it comes down to, I don't deserve the money I make unless I work really hard to get it. Mm, And so this, I have to prove that I'm worthy of accepting money because I work so hard. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, just tons of journaling and therapy and tapping and (laughs) lots of, lots of, yeah, working on, on those beliefs. So yeah, that that one resonates with me for sure. (laughs) Okay. So you have a new program out. Tell us about your new program. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So it like relates so much to what we've been talking about. Like my experience over the last year, it's called the creator's pilgrimage. And it's really about doing a lot of the deep work to help you seamlessly bridge your creativity with business. Mm -hmm. So kind of allows you to to breathe life into your business in like deeper, more beautiful ways than you knew possible. There's all kinds of strategies and resources in my approach where it's like, oh my gosh, like 
the way that you feel about like when you're painting or photographing, it's like, we can bring that kind of energy to your marketing in ways that are just going to feel so deeply aligned to you. So Mm. it's kind of a, once you've already gotten some initial success in your business and maybe the one size fits all thing isn't working for you or all the advice you're given, you're like, maybe you start building it and you're like, I actually hate this. It's really all about doing things your own way, figuring out the way that you want to do things and building a profitable business the way that you're meant to. It's just a really magical journey. Mm, I love that so much. And where can people go to join that or to find out more about you? So emmanatter.com. Yeah, you can find everything there. Or you can go to at Emma underscore Natter on Instagram. I have a whole school of creative entrepreneurship that I am in the process of building that you can join. We have terms that you can join for live coaching. And we also have independent study courses that you can join. So you can find all the information about the creator's pilgrimage, which we also call intermediate creative entrepreneurship on my website. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here and for gifting what you do to our community and to the world. It's been such a joy to get to have a conversation with you and just to witness you kind of learning and growing and always expanding too. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's been so fun to be here. I feel like I'm like in your bosom kind of in such a beautiful (laughs) way. So thank you for that. (laughs) I love that. Yes, you are always welcome. That's a weird way to end. Oh, isn't that scared? <laughs> I'll mama bear you. You can yeah. mama bear me right back. That's right. There's space and right here in my bosom. Mic drop. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Well, thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed this podcast today, do us a favor and hit subscribe and then leave us a review. If you're looking for more, you can find us at almondleafstudios.com or on Instagram at almondleaf. Remember, you are enough. You are love, you are light, and you are worthy simply because you exist.